how you're doing? Okay, cool. That was about a zero on my scale. Uh, I'm told that my stories kind of get a little bit um, scaled. Uh, so my stories normally sit at about a two, whereas like Lord of the Rings, that story is about a 10. So I'm getting there. I'm getting better. But how's everyone doing tonight? Are you okay? Yeah, so I just need two people who think that they're super, like, ridiculously charming and who are confident and perhaps a little bit, a little bit cocky, maybe. Is there, is there two people? Charlie. Come on up here, Charlie. You're being nominated. Come on up here. All right, is there someone who feels like they could verse Charlie in the, the test that we're about to do? Okay, I'm, I'm seeing that no as a no. <laughs> Tyler? Tyler, who, like, abs- oh, wait, we got Justin. We can have three people. That's cool. We can have three people. Oh, no, two. Cool. Oh, okay, cool. Um, so what we're going to do is in my hands, I have a whole bunch of cheesy pickup lines. You guys are going to be responsible for when they deliver it, cheering for your favorite one. And then what we're going to do is we're going to do a battle of pickup lines. I feel like I'm sounding like a bogan. And I'm really sorry. <laughs> um, feel free to come in closer. Um, you can hear better when you're a bit closer. That is a lie because we have amplified uh, microphones, but that's okay. So what we're going to do, do you guys want to know what you're playing for tonight? Yeah. All right. So what you're playing for, because we're doing cheesy pickup lines, is a block of mainland's finest, age up to 12 months, tasty cheese. Is that cool? All right. So what we're going to do, what we're going to do is you guys are going to take... All right. You guys are going to take a pickup line, rehearse it, don't say it yet. Rehearse it, don't say it yet. Rehearse it, don't say it yet. Yep, whichever one you see. All right, guys, and what we're going to do is I'm going to hand the microphone over and you need to deliver it with as as much enthusiasm as you can muster up. And we're going to cheer and we're going to see who wins this round, all right? I need someone to keep score because I can't even remember names properly. Here we go, Charlie. Okay, I'm going to say it to you. Okay. Your name must be Coca-Cola because you're so delicious. <laughs> How do we rate that? Okay, that's about a one, isn't it, Catherine? That's a one. Okay, Justin. Baby, you'll make, you'll make my palms sweaty. Nick Winks our arms. Second round, so Charlie got that one. All right, here we go. Again. Babe, if you were a burger at McDonald's, you'd be a McGorgeous. That's a three. That's a three. All right, Justin, what have you got? Bring the house down. Should I pass? Buy again. Oh, do you believe in love at first sight or should I pass by again? Oh! That was a two. That was all right. That was all right. Um, so we have one more round. Oh, no, he's, he's tapping out. Are you tapping out? Have a little read of them. See how we go. Who wants to go first? All right. I'd say God bless you, but it looks like he already did. (laughs) All right, all right, that's a that's a five. That's a five. All right, here we go. 
Oh, okay, sorry, he doesn't need the microphone. Ben, do you mind have to cool it for a sec? I don't think this was in it. Oh, I missed it. Oh my god, now I have to react. Yeah, do it again. I have to reenact it. So he's got like a whole um, yeah. scene planned out. Okay, cool. I'm impressed. Okay, you're, you're sitting at a zero currently, so begin. Is it hot in here or is it just you? Wow. That one was a four. Okay, I can't do the maths. You guys are both winners. Yay! You get to share a block of cheese. Okay. Thanks, team. You guys can take a seat or you can stand there. I'd prefer that you take a seat, though, because I know what it's like to stand there awkwardly whilst the preacher preaches. Um, So uh, why don't you take two minutes to turn to the person next to you and try out these pickup lines. You ready? This is my favorite. Are you a magician? Because when I look at you... Everyone else disappears. Okay, no points to Gryffindor for that one. No magic there. All right, and if that didn't work, why don't you turn to the other person that you rejected? I'm sorry, I just got heckled, but I can't hear you because I'm partially deaf. So we're going to glide over that one. Here's another one. Aside from being ridiculously good looking, what do you do for a living? Okay. Okay. All right. And finally, thanks, Jenny. Finally, finally, if you didn't have any luck with that one, try this one on for size. Do you have a pencil? Because I want to erase your past and write our future. I got a three for that one. That's nice. All right. So speaking of pencils, speaking of pencils, speaking of pencils, hey fam, speaking of pencils, that's okay. Is it really awkward that my head is like shadow, not shadow, shadow. (laughs) Now everyone's going to be distracted by that. Don't be distracted by that. Forget I said that. So speaking of pencils, did you know that an average size tree can provide enough wood to make 170,000 pencils? That's a lot of pencils. Look at all these chickens. Uh, (laughs) Or did you know that uh, 85% of plant life is actually found in the ocean? And do you know what else is in the ocean? Baby shark, baby shark. Okay, cool. I can't dance. Or did you know that the Amazon rainforest produces half of the world's oxygen supply? So if you live in the Amazon rainforest, you won't have asthma, I guess. Maybe you might. I don't know. You'd be unfortunate if you did. Uh, And a couple more facts for you. Did you know that apples, potatoes, and onions have the same taste... If you want to test it, just, like, block your nose whilst you eat it, and apparently they taste the same. I googled that, and that was off Wikipedia, so it might be incorrect. Um, Did you know that a cluster of bananas is called a hand and consists consists of 10 to 20 bananas known as fingers? 
Okay, cool. (laughs) Did you know that 70,000 plant species are used, um, like, in medicines? Yeah, cool. Okay. Did you know that during the 1600s, this is my favorite because it is so extra and it is amazing. Did you know that during the 1600s, tulips were so valuable in Holland that their bulbs were worth more than gold? The craze was called tulip mania and caused the crash of the Dutch economy. Can you believe that? Our flower caused the Dutch economy to not be an economy. Economy. Yeah, I said that right. Cool. Um, So whilst we contemplate the extraness of the Dutch economy, let's pray. So why don't you join with me? Close your eyes if you need to, not be distracted. Holy Spirit, we welcome you to come and be a part of this time. We ask that you open our ears, open our hearts to receive from you, um, and that we would be focused on you completely. And we ask that you would make the uh, line at McDonald's quick and painless, and that you would inspire Dan to allow us to eat anything we want, including blocks of cheese. Amen. Cool. All righty, tidy. So plants. There are a couple of things involved in uh, the plant process, as as you might be privy to being someone who lives on the planet earth. Um, There are a couple of things and so I'm going to attempt to uh, show you a little bit about plants but I'm going to struggle a lot because my notes are over here and the plant stuff is over here so please bear with me for a moment. Uh, So the first thing that we have is seeds or what I like to call plant fetuses. And don't think about that too much because it's a bit gross. (laughs) So a seed is an embryonic plant enclosed in a protective outer coating and this uh, blah, 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 is part of the reproduction process of a plant is a seed. So we've got some seeds in this little bag. Maybe we don't. Oh, we do. So we've got some seeds. So inside here is actually the possibility of a plant. <laughs> My hand is too big. <laughs> okay. So inside this tiny little thing, I don't know if you can see it, Charlie, Charlie, can you see that? Okay, <laughs> it was like legit right in front of your face. So this is a seed, and inside this seed is the possibility of life. It is also the possibility of growth. It is the possibility of all magical things, and it's crazy and amazing. Then what we have? <laughs> then what we have is soil. Oh. I am a magician. So we've got some soil, and uh, if you've heard that pun, I soiled my plants. (laughs) Okay, no. So we've got some soil in here, and soil is responsible um, in carrying a lot of the nutrients for plants, and so inside here is a whole bunch of things like um, animal poo, uh, worm poo, uh, dirt, (laughs) dirty stuff. And um, I don't know, I, I don't know about you, but, but inside here, I wouldn't, I, I don't see very much importance to this, but it is very important in the photosynthesis process because inside dirt and soil is a lot of the nutrients that during the photosynthesis process actually goes into the plant and, and causes the plant to be fed. Does that make sense? Yeah, cool. <laughs> I don't know where to put this now, so I'm going to... I think that's a fake plant. <laughs> uh, so then we've got water. What do you got? Um, yeah, so then we've got water, and there's actually nothing in there, so that's disappointing. Um, and then we have uh, the sun, which is, is responsible, again, for the photosynthesis process. It actually helps. Uh, there's a carbon... Carbon... 
carbon dioxide, what we breathe out, and, and, and no, it's not. Yes, it is. Um, what we breathe out is what plants actually absorb. And through the process of photosynthesis, is uh, water and sun combine together to create a little bit of heat inside the plant, which helps the plant to um, eat up the food and the nutrients. And um, it's amazing. And, and for me, I sit out in the sun and I eat a lot of food too, so I kind of feel like a plant. Um, and then we have... And then we have... And then I don't know if you guys know what these are called. They're called secateurs. You have to say it with a little bit of phlegm in the back of your throat. Try it with me. Secateurs. Scissors. Try it with me. Ready? One, two, three. Secateurs. Okay, so you guys need to work on that. That's your homework. You cannot pronounce that word. Um, and they are uh, responsible for uh, helping to prune a lot of plants so that you, like, click them open. You click them open, and then they're really sharp. And, and the person I took these from said... Don't open them at youth because it's dangerous, and I just did. Um, I live life on the edge. Uh, and then what we've got, uh, what we've got after that is what's called a trellis. I don't know if you guys know what a trellis is. It kind of looks a little bit like this. It's also known as like lattice. It's basically a, a wooden or metal frame that helps vines to kind of twist themselves around so that they can grow in a specific formation. Is that exciting? I don't care if you don't find that exciting. I do. All right. So then we've got an ecosystem. Does everyone understand like year seven basic science when I say ecosystem? Pilt does. Yeah. So an ecosystem is a biological community of interacting organisms. I always am scared I'm going to say that word wrong. Um, (laughs) I'm sorry. And their physical environment. So um, I'd like to tell you a little, about, a little bit about an ecosystem that I have had the pleasure of being a part of, um, the community, the biological community that I was a part of. Uh, it involves my dog, and she. Uh, I was told that if you move all of the poos that a dog does into one corner, the dog, like, naturally goes there to poo. Like, it's like the... <laughs> it's like, <laughs> um, it's like it, I think it's because it, like, it realizes that that's where the smell's coming from, and so it adds to that. And so... I spent about two hours picking up my dog's poo uh, from, with a glove on. I'm not nasty. Um, <laughs> I spent two hours picking it up and putting it in the corner only for her to go out maybe five minutes afterwards and poo right in the middle of the yard. And uh, my sister told me that fact that if I put it in the corner that my dog would poo there. And so I was in like three minds about picking up all of the poo, putting it in the bag, and actually just leaving it on her front yard. Uh, but I didn't because I'm better than that. Um, so then that's our ecosystem. And then we've got the gardener. A gardener is a person who tends to and cultivates a garden as a pastime or a living. Um, another story, just really quickly, and please don't tell my dad that I said this story because he will be incredibly embarrassed. But he, uh, when he was a little bit younger and I was a little bit younger, and all of us kids, I have three, three siblings... I have one sister and two brothers, and we were a little bit uh, rowdy, and my dad loves us. He loves us, I'm pretty sure. Um, but he, like, used to go out into the garden and do gardening to kind of chill a bit, like, get away from all of us. Um, and so we would sit inside and do whatever we were doing, and he'd be like, going out the back. And so I'd go out the back. And um, Needless to say, the only thing that he really understands how to do in a, in a garden or in a backyard is to mow the lawns, which is fair enough. Who can mow the lawns? 
I can't, so that's good on you. Um, and so he, he would like mow the thingy and then he would whippersnip the edges. So it was like really neat and tidy. Uh, but there was a, an occasion, and please don't tell him I said this story. Um, there was an occasion where he uh, noticed there were a couple of weeds, not weed as in weeds, as in <laughs> plants that shouldn't grow. Does everyone get what I mean? Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> there was these, there was these, uh, there's these weeds that he was trying to pull out and there was a particularly difficult one and we could hear that he was kind of having a hard time out the back and we're like oh my gosh what's wrong with dad so we all kind of all came out to have a look so we're sitting there the four of us kind of peering out the door uh the back door and he <laughs> he was giving it a hard pull and he couldn't get it and then he was pulling it again and he couldn't get it and uh do you guys want to know? <laughs> so he, he pulled the weed out and he let out a little bit of gas. <laughs> and then he said, I should have left that one in there. <laughs> um, so uh, it's really gross. Um, so with all of these ingredients, we have a fairly good chance at being able to uh, create something with, uh, with dirt, which seems pointless by itself, but whatever, or with seeds and with um, secateurs and, and with little tiny brown ones and, and pots and stuff like that, yes. Um, we're able to create something. We're able to kind of cultivate something that grows, something like a fruit or something like a flower or something like farts, in my dad's case. Um, and... And a lot of the time, hay, hay fever sufferers hate it because of the hashtag pollen. Am I saying that wrong? Pollen. 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 Okay. All right. Pretty sure it's pollen. P-O-W-L-E-N. Pollen. Pollen. Okay. <laughs> So welcome to City Youth. If you've not not been here before, my name's Rachel, and uh, we like to talk about plants. Uh, We like to talk about agriculture, horticulture, um, the other one which I can't remember, uh, lessons in in plant uh, creation, Uh, but we also like to talk about uh, something that M. Lowndes is very fond of. I can't see her. Uh, And that's the collection of plants for the purpose of looking at them and not taking care of them, although she does that. Um... (laughs) So this time is actually designed for me or whoever's up here to encourage and inspire you around a message. But I hope that tonight is a little bit different and I hope that I don't get in trouble for this. And I know know that I won't because I, I hope that you see my heart here. I hope that instead of just being empowered and encouraged, you are challenged and you are, you are in an uncomfortable position where you can recognize that God is the only comfort that you will ever truly need. So my prayer is that tonight, as I share with you, that you are um, kind of shaken up a little bit and you are in a position where you are uncomfortable so that you can see Jesus in everything and you can see him as the author of everything and as the perfecter of your faith. Is that okay? Okay. Um, so let's flip the track and take the old school back, way back in Genesis. Oh, oh, Genesis 1.1 says this, bam, oh my gosh, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, 
And now the earth was formless and I can't read that. That's really small. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep and the spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. Makes sense. God saw that the light was good and he separated the light from the darkness and he called the light day and the darkness he called night and there was, there was evening and there was morning and that was the first day. I can't read, so I'm reading the tiny little words out there and I'm struggling, um, but that's okay. So uh, my first kind of premise that I want to bring to you or my argument or my hashtag year eight crippling anxiety fear of public speaking, um, what I would like to share with you is uh, the idea that God in his creation, in his uh, uh, building of the universe, he spent a whole bunch of time creating sun darkness, well, separated the light from dark, and then plants, and then animals, and then whatever, whatever. And then he he stopped, and he paused, and he made a point of saying that it was good. And I don't know about you, but I've seen some of those deadly spiders, and I'm like, they ain't good. (laughs) Like, there's no part of them that's good. Or like, um, brown snakes, I'm like, they're straight from the pit of hell. <laughs> um, that ain't good. Um, I'm joking. All creation is important. Do not tread on snakes. Um, so he pauses and he recognizes that it is good in his creation. Now, Romans 8.28 suggests, oh my goodness, it suggests the same idea that God works all things together for good. And it's somewhere chucked in that little verse, which I can't read because my eyes aren't working. So when God speaks, it's good things. It's life-giving things. So he must also, by the same token, be a good God. So when he created humans and breathed life into into their lungs, he didn't think that they were good. He said about us, he said that we were very good. There's a thought that we could camp at, settle in close and build a campfire around. The creator of the universe said of you and I, that our creation, our purpose, our very existence is very good. However, there is one thing apart from sin. Sin is the thing that separates us from God. Oh, big story. Um, that God said was not good. And that's in Genesis 2.18. He said it's not good for man to be alone. So God created a partner. And it's true of us now. God has put us in a community for a reason. Isolation isn't from God. In fact, he exemplifies the idea of community by standing at the beginning of life itself with Jesus and the Holy Spirit, and they were standing in community. The reason that you are in this community is because God instigated growth and wholeness within community and family. So what about the idea of a garden as per the stage setup, which is lovely? Thank you, fam. Um, Well, as you may or may not be aware, the Garden of Eden, which was the space he created for the first people, it was there that God, it's in Genesis, if you want to read it and you don't believe me, we can talk about it later, that's fine. Um, It was there that God walked with these people. So they were free to roam and they were connected to the life source and they were flourishing. So in the Garden of Eden, if someone's able to help me here, I've got no fingers. This is Dan. He's pretty cool. Oh, no. (gasps) Bye. So can you hold that up? So this is a picture of us in the Garden of Eden. We were plants, and we were connected to the life source, which is in here, and I can't pull the plant out because otherwise dirt will go everywhere and I'll get in trouble. So it was in the Garden of Eden that we were connected to the life source and that we were uh, flourishing, we were fruitful, it was awesome. And then it's also in the Garden of Eden... 
It was in the, thank you. It was in the Garden of Eden that humanity fell. They, were dis, they became disconnected from the life source. Instead of feasting on the beauty of intimacy with God, we chose to feast on the frivolities of our human desires and thought we could be God and we separated ourselves from God. But alas, at last, alas, yeah, alas, um, never fear. Remember that good God that we were speaking about before? He's in the process of actually binding us back together through Jesus to know him. So he's in the process of taking us here, lifting us up, and binding us back. I did have a little piece of... Hey, Dan. (laughs) So what he does is he's in the process through Jesus of grafting us back in, nestling us back in where we belong. You can... So what I'm going to do is I'm going to read a, a little bit of scripture and I hopefully um, can have your attention for the, maybe the next three and a half minutes, depending on how quickly I can read it. But it's in the Amplified Version of the Bible. So there are a whole bunch of different versions of the Bible. And this one is really loud. So it's good for people like me who don't really understand because it then goes back into like detail. So just if you're like me, you'll appreciate it. If you're not, just hold tight. So John 15 says... Oh, yes, it does. Indeed, it does. It does. It does. I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser or the gardener. Each branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that continues to bear fruit, he repeatedly prunes so that it will bear more fruit, even richer, finer fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have given you, the teachings which I have discussed with you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. Just as no branch can bear fruit by itself without remaining in the vine, neither can you bear fruit producing evidence of your faith unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches, bro. I added that in there. Um, <laughs> the one who remains in me and I in him, I in him bears much fruit. For otherwise, apart from me, that's it. That is cut off from the vital union with me. You can do nothing. If anyone does not remain in me, he is thrown out like a, a broken off branch. And withers and dies. And they gather such branches and they throw them into the fire. And they are burnt. Okay. <laughs> if you uh, remain in me and my words remain in you, that is, if we are vitally united and my message lives in your heart, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified and honored by this. When you bear much fruit, prove yourselves to be my true disciples. I have loved you just as the Father has loved me. Remain in my love and do not doubt my love for you. If you keep my commandments and obey my teaching, you will remain in uh, my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and remain in his love. I have told you these things so that my joy and delight may be in you and that your joy may be made full and complete and overflowing. When I think about that passage of scripture, I get really hungry. Um... I don't know if I've told many people about this story. Um, about two years ago, I have to say it in this voice um, so you don't kind of take me seriously, but it did actually happen. <laughs> about two years ago, my sister was gifted um, two full trays of mangoes. And um, I, that's my kryptonite. Uh, if you give me mangoes, I will give you high fives for the rest of your life. That is the transaction that happens. So I spent, over Christmas, I spent the, the two days prior to Christmas and Christmas, having a lot of mangoes. (laughs) And uh, 
I don't know if a lot of you understand when you have a lot of fruit, the laxative effect that it can have on you. I basically like self-inflicted a uh, mango detox on myself. (laughs) So for like the day after Christmas, I spent most of it on the toilet. Um, There you go. (laughs) But going back to the metaphor of the vine and the gardener and us being branches, what's the benefit of this metaphor? I feel like a lot of you are still thinking about the mango detox. Please try not to think about that. Um, Why would it be beneficial to be connected to the vine? Well, let's have a look. So, out of the soil of love... Thanks, Dan, you can take that. Out of the soil of love... Yeah. Let's give it up for Dan, everybody. (laughs) So, out of the soil of love, God planted a seed... Yes, got it. God dug deep. I don't know if you can see this because it's inside a pot, but that's okay. He dug deep and he planted a seed of hope. This soil stinks a little bit. I hope it doesn't have poo in it. (laughs) Or manure. You know what I'm saying. Um... He got, he got messy with us. He, he got into our muck and he dug deep and he planted that seed of hope. And, and from, from that, he did something else. Oh, and through the water, watering and the photosynthesis of the Holy Spirit, um, a friend that God gave us, a part of himself, we have a beautiful plant that is rooted in love. So the watering process happened. That was the Holy Spirit. God said, um, I will give you a friend. When, I, when Jesus left the earth, he said, I'll give you a friend and he will be your comforter. And so that is the watering process. <clears throat> There's nothing in there. And then obviously the other part of photosynthesis is the sun. And so that's another um, metaphor for a friend or for um, comfort or for warmth. So that came in. And then we have this plant that grew up out of that. Now in, in John, uh, yeah, I won't say that. Now in John 15, Jesus speaks of himself. <laughs> Jesus speaks of himself being the plant um, or the vine and God being the gardener. So remember that good God that we were talking about before? Um, he's now a good gardener. He's likened to a good gardener. But Jesus is the vine and the Holy Spirit is like the water. And what about us? Who are we in this picture right here, you ask? Well, we're the branches. <laughs> and I know that seems a little bit pointless that we would be such a fickle part of this whole plan. But hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. We get to be a part of this. In fact, the Bible is pretty clear that Jesus, the vine, is the way to know love. So in John 14, 6, Jesus answered, I'm the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. There's another passage of scripture that talks about Jesus, um, sorry, God being love. And if we don't know God, then we don't know love because God is love. And so for us to understand love, we actually have to go through Jesus. Because he said he's the way to the Father. And if the Father's, yep, cool. Um, If we head back to John 15 in verse 2, it says, Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. Now, a lot of the time we kind of analyze that scripture as he takes away and he throws away. But actually, that scripture refers to the Greek word ero, which means to lift up. So God doesn't take away the, the, the branches that don't bear fruit. What he does is he lifts them up. A branch that grows along the ground can't actually bear fruit. So Jesus is in the process of constantly lifting you up. I don't know if you've read much of the Bible, but that's what Jesus did most of the time that he was on earth. He lifted up the woman who was caught in adultery. He lifted up the woman who was at the well who he knew everything about and yet loved her. 
He lifted up the woman who had the issue of blood. He lifted up the blind man. He lifted up the paralyzed man. That's the process that he does. So as a branch, he's lifting you up. God is lifting you up. A branch on a vine that is on the ground, again, can't bear fruit. So the vine Jesus, which was the plant, (laughs) um, motivated by love, which is the dirt, watered by the Holy Spirit, plus us as branches, is a great combo for plants. But the passage has more. So fruit, plants that are healthy, connected, and have access to good soil, water and sun, produce fruit, flowers, veggies, that in turn can be used for food, medicines, and other products to help others. The fruit of being connected to Jesus is that of Galatians 5.22. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, and faithfulness. And whilst we can enjoy those benefits of the fruit, it's actually not for us. I mean, others who are hungry for peace, we are able to encourage that because of the connection to peace that we have, Jesus. People who are starved of kindness, we are able to bring them a feast of kindness from the fruit of our relationship and our connectedness with Jesus. In fact, as the branches of the vine stretch out, they are trained over a trellis like we were talking about before to promote fruit. But in that, the branches begin to intertwine with each other. As we stretch out and share love, we begin to understand that we are made for community all over again. Like in Genesis 2, when God said it's not good for people to be alone, we stretch out and become stronger together. I have a friend who... um, uh, they own a bit of property and on that property they have a bit of vineage and it's amazing and it's fantastic. And one time I was trying to cut a bit of vine and branches off so I could use it as like a hipster hashtag Tumblr aesthetic. Um, but I actually broke my secateurs because, uh, <laughs> because the vines were so, the branches of the vine were so thick and intertwined because they, they recognized that um, in, the, in the plant world that if they are intertwined, they're stronger together. Is, isn't that a beautiful picture of what church should be like? Maybe not. But there's pruning. And if, Micah, you want to come up on the keys, that's cool. There's pruning. So using secateurs... A gardener is able to remove parts of a branch that are diseased and broken, but to, it's in, to ensure the longevity of the plant. There's also another reason why people might prune a plant. Can anyone guess what that might be? So this is a fully healthy plant that they're pruning. Yes, so it's to help, it, it's to help promote more growth, more fruit. And so... Um, Understanding the process of pruning and its production of of more fruit, um, like in John 15, it requires the branch, I mean us, to trust the gardener. So during storms and bad weather, it is not our responsibility to stay firm because we have a hope that is an anchor for the soul. So it's Jesus' responsibility as he is the vine. He's he's rooted in love. He He is fully fixed and fully secure. And then we just sit in as a branch. We don't have to do anything. We are fully secure in storms. And I don't know if you've been, um, particularly in the mountains when there is ridiculous weather, because we have so many trees around, I don't know if you've seen huge trees that look so secure and they're just slowly swaying away in the like 500 kilometer winds and you're like, oh, my car is out there. No, just me? Cool. So if you remember before when we talked about a good God, then we said that he was a good gardener. Well, a good gardener understands the seasons that a plant goes through. For example, a sunflower is best sown or planted in warmer months, but struggles to grow next to potatoes. Or wasabi is one of the hardest plants to cultivate and requires a 
legit crazy like climates or flourish. But God is not like the old lady who noticed a fancy plant growing in her backyard and decided to water it and continued to water it without knowing what it was. And after a few months, police stormed her property and confiscated illicit cannabis. <laughs> God is aware of the things and seasons in our lives. He is aware of the fruiting problems. He, he understands the growing pains and the pain that comes from pruning, but he is a good gardener. And he can see the end from the beginning and he can see seasons ahead. And if we allow him, he can turn everything into good. And if it's not good, he's not finished. So our responsibility is to remain. You couldn't do anything to get where you are in love. Jesus has done it all. So our response is that of remaining. What happens when a branch severs itself from the vine? Well, you saw it before. It cuts itself off from the life source. It's fruit that it has rots or it doesn't produce anything. Its capacity is diminished and it makes, it makes good firewood, but that's not what it was designed for. So our responsibility is one, to remain. We are grafted in, which is, which is the making of, of a, a, a plant and a, a branch that has perhaps fallen off or maybe it wasn't intended for that, that rest of that plant and it's grafted in and it's lovingly cared for in order for it to then get all of its life source through the original plant. So that's grafting. So remain in the love that brought you here. It's the same love that will sustain you. It's the life source. So number two is to respond to the pruning. God doesn't orchestrate storms, but he can use storms to prune. And like that arrow word, that lifting up, he's lifting up in order for you to produce fruit, more fruit and much fruit. Number three is to recognize the fruit isn't for you. It's for a desperately hungry and thirsty world that aches under the groans of hurt and pain. So you guys are some pretty good looking branches. Good on you. I tip my hat to you. But there's so much more to it. Again, your fruit is for others. Remain in the vine. Don't cut yourself off from it. Jesus has all that you need. All that you need. He's rooted in love. So I don't know if you feel comfortable tonight to close your eyes and just wait and listen to what God is saying. I wonder if there are any people here tonight who are struggling to keep the door open to Jesus, who have perhaps cut themselves off from the life source. Maybe you accidentally did it because you thought you could do it by yourself. Or if you feel distant from God. I wonder if there's anyone here tonight who is desperately hungry for peace, who is in need of true love. Do you know what? You have direct access to it. You don't have to wait for a mate to show you peace or to show you love. You can go straight to the source. If you would like to know this Jesus, or if you would like to perhaps open the door again to Jesus, we're all going to pray this prayer together. I'm going to repeat it after me. Dear God, I know you're real. I believe that you are the King of Kings. I open the door of my heart and I receive you as the king of my heart. Thank you for saving me. Amen.